Hi everyone, I'm Jason Pittock and you're listening to Beyond PPC, a podcast brought to you by ClickGuard, covering all the latest stories and insights from PPC and beyond to help you succeed in your digital marketing journey. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on YouTube and Instagram. All links are in the show notes. Now, let's get on with the show. So welcome everyone to another session brought to you by ClickGuard. And we have the opportunity again to talk with uh, Roger Perrin. And we're going to be talking today about the hardest parts of scaling a marketing agency. We'll be talking about his experiences and also industry problems uh, that hopefully will be of value to anyone that's uh, checking in or listening on this session. Thank you and welcome back, Roger. Hey, nice to be here, man. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate having you back. So we enjoyed talking to you last time and, and you know, we got a lot of feedback from internally and from the community. And we really you know, appreciated your, your, you know, your honest uh, input and, uh, and uh, everything you shared with us. So today we want to be, you know, we're going to be talking a little bit about the not so easy side of scaling an agency. Um, so why, why do you feel, Roger, that scalability uh, and you might say how difficult it is, is one of the you might say, huge steps to success uh, for an agency and an agency owner? Yeah, sure. I, I think that, you know, scalability is, is inherently in a business's ability to grow, right? It's uh, never really, at least I haven't met a business owner that just says, I, I, I just want to coast or just want to chill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, there's a sort of a simple answer. The simple answer is, you know, the, the market, especially for a PPC agency, the market changes so fast that if you don't keep up, you fall behind. And so if you don't scale, you start losing clients, then eventually fail. And I, I truly believe that there's, there's no better time to own a PPC agency. And so, you know, uh, other owners like myself need to make hay while the sun shines, per se. We are in this sort of position where um, managing an account has been supported by a lot of automation, but the pricing of the industry has remained stable despite being able to handle more accounts and be more efficient in our processes. So profitability has really improved. And so, you know, scaling now is, is really important. So, but, but deeper than that, um, I think you know, with a PPC agency, again, specifically, the human element is so important and our, our service is really our people in so many ways. And I think there's this bit of a misconception that people just want to just want to make money um, yeah. or accomplish, accomplish like a singular goal. Yeah. And I, I don't, I think that's, and you might even ask certain people what their goals are and it's all, it's always money focused, but you know, if, if that were true, then celebrities wouldn't be so depressed or um, there's actually a, a huge issue of depression in Olympic sports. Yeah. You know, there's tons of people, they work their whole lives for this one goal they get a gold medal and then they're super depressed, right? Because they're thinking what's next. What's next? Um, yeah. So, th- so I think that people have this like innate need to continuously grow and move forward, not I'm just finan- yeah, not just financially, but intellectually, personally, morally, whatever else. Um, and so you need to scale a business, we, you know, that kind of goes for any business and with whatever scale means to your business, you know, because everyone's miserable when they're not growing, right? right? Yeah. And, and miserable miserable people result in just a terrible work product. Yeah. Interesting. I, I know that, um, you know, technology and people and processes are like at the top of the, the list in, in the scalability problems <laughs> uh, or problems, I should say, pain points. Uh, but, you know, can you share your experience with, you know, developing those right processes and, 
and, and choosing the right the right software you know that that adds value and streams like streamlines the the activities internally that will ultimately reflect on your customer service and and your scalability right technology and people and processes are like this sort of three you know the three uh the three different verticals that the ringmaster handles right yeah i mean it sort of comes down to coming having a cohesive brand too right because your processes should also reflect your brand so it's like we we develop an internal proprietary reporting platform for example so that i noticed that sorry is, that's on your website on the far right it's like a an icon yeah, it's called data pulse yep. excellent that's great yep. yeah so we you know uh we developed our own like reporting tool it ties into all the apis we have these plans to make it more than just a reporting tool but you know, a knowledge base, auto invoicing, PPC pacing tool that shows like all the different metrics in one place, scripts, alerts, there's so many things that we can do with that tool. But, um, you know, any any process really needs constant iteration. So, uh, and, and one person can't just create the whole process. It's a, it really is a team effort. So we, we basically, when we look at everyone's hours, we like budget people for 30 hour weeks, and then we allow the extra 10 hours for how are you moving the business forward? It could be process creation, growth, et cetera. And that allows everyone to kind of have a hand in creating those processes. And then, you know, when it comes to like, when you're actually forming them, you need to sort of separate the things out that like can be repeatable versus like the critical thinking components that, you know, your all-stars are always going to have to have some sort of a hand in. And so the goal is to sort of have like the least critical thinkers on your team be able to provide like a B plus level service, a decent service. Yep. Um, and a, a good example of that is, you know, on our PPC team, we have <clears throat> these processes for, we have like an in Dropbox, we have folders for uh, performance management for PPC, for paid search. And we have, you know, daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and then like on demand. So these, this is what we want our employees to check on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly basis. And then on demand, we have videos recorded for um, if you want to improve ROAS in your account, these are digital positions, top five ways to do that um, or whatever. And that gets the employee like 85% of the way there in providing our service. And then from time to time, someone at a higher level needs to jump in and say like, well, those that's not really working for that account. We need to try these more complex breakouts or things like that. But that's like a example of how we took the repeatable parts of the process and got them most of the way there. And then, you know, there's always going to be that element of like your all-stars, your directors, your managers, et cetera, need to jump in and, and kind of bring it the rest of the way there if you're going to provide that premium service. Interesting. And so that it, otherwise, it, you know, our tech stack is pretty simple. It's like we use Dropbox for file storage, monday.com for task management software, Slack, uh, Rippling for HR, QuickBooks. It's like really not that complicated except for our pro proprietary platform and you've pulled all of your like metrics and kpis that your customer like you, you want to see your customers want to see into data pulse that's just that's just providing like raw value for the customer isn't it yeah it's all daily uh daily polls from all the apis and then we project out where they think they're going to end up in the month like basically how they're trending yep. including like inflation and lag, like time lag or whatever and um that and the the uh clients can log into it and just check out all of their metrics in real time and so it just we avoid a lot of questions that way that is so good no i noticed it you know when i was we started talking some time ago and for the first time and you know we're talking about click guard and you know different things about optimization and click fraud and so on and so forth and i was just on your website i was like what's this data posting and i clicked on it obviously i needed like login or credentials whatever but it's super interesting because uh i mean 
in ClickGuard, we're all about the dashboard, you know, about seeing the data. And I think the same goes for agency owners with their customers. Like you have to give them it, don't you? Like you have to. And it's, it's not just because you're obliged to because they're paying you for it, but also it saves a lot of, you know, back and forth, back and forth from your, you know, with your customers, with your team. Not that yeah, you're not going to have that communication, but you eliminate a lot of the non-value. Yeah, and we have a the ability to perfectly present by client what we want the clients to be looking at, right? So we can kind of craft exactly what they should be focused on from a results perspective. So it's a yeah, it's it's been a, a really awesome investment, and I think there's like I said, I'd like to morph it into way more than just a reporting tool right. down the line, like almost a full-on agency management tool that we can even license someday. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Interesting. You know, uh, moving on to, you know, a little bit about, about people and about human resources. I know this is a very big subject and it's not going to be easy to talk about this all now, but one of the questions that I had uh, for you was, do you feel that being, you know, process orientated is something that's taught or something, you know, people just come with, um, you know, I, I, I see a big, big gap personally, especially if you look at like, SaaS businesses, which is what I've spent most of my time with. You, know, you generally have a product side of the business. It's very process-driven, very data-driven. Then you've got like the marketing side or the growth side that can sometimes like be more on the creative and not you know, so much on the, on the process side. Do you feel this is the same like it, with, with the PPC agencies, marketing agencies? And what do you feel about when you bring somebody on board about identifying those traits? Yeah, so I think the, the first part of the question there was about you know, if it's something that could be taught. Yeah. And I think the, um, some people are stronger than others at it for sure. And there's kind of something to be said about not everyone needs to be perfect at it. As long as you have a team and you have certain people that are, that are good at it, that can take ideas from others and create processes with them. But, um, I think the, the value of a process or the, or what really defines a process is often misunderstood or misrepresented. And what I mean by that is I, I, I consistently, even internally within digital position, I see people come up with an idea and they say like, I created a process. <laughs> it's, that's not a process. That's like a, the, the way I sort of say it is like we're missing the implementation of that process. So something is a, uh, an idea is more of just like a tactic to improve your management, the management or improve that account. But uh, implementation is what makes it a process. You know, the success the of, yeah, it's, it's getting a, does everyone buy into it? Do you have an accountability mechanism in place? Is there video documentation of that process being used? Are we doing this daily? Are we doing it weekly? You know, like all that's what is a process. Just coming up with an idea and saying like, this is the best way to manage an account, for example. That's not a process. That's just a tactic, you know? And so I think that it's something that you can teach people, but you just, you have to have somebody on the team at the very least that understands how to take these tactics and turn them into processes. Right. So you feel that like people can be taught to be process driven, but there's some people that are going to be stronger at it than others, right? Yeah. It's, you know, there's <laughs> some parts of me say, you know, people that aren't strong at it should focus on it and get better at it. And then there's other parts of me that say when somebody's strong at something, they should lean into what they're strong at and surround themselves with people who are good at the stuff they're weak at, you know, so I think it can be taught whether or not, I'm not sure if it should be for everybody. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. That's interesting. You know, it's very, you know, especially in, in the SaaS space, like you, you know, you have uh, designers, uh, you know, 
you know, product designers, engineers, um, data scientists, and so on and so forth. And they're very, you know, very data-driven, very, uh, very, very strategic, very uh, well-paced, very, very process-orientated. Then you're going to have maybe the marketing side or the growth side that can be a little bit less process-driven. Uh, but sooner, sooner or later, you realize that for things to be successful, they need to be documented. There needs to be a, a mechanism, as you said, an accountability mechanism that you know, it's going to guarantee or at least estimate the outcome. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, at, at the end of the day, that's what your your agency or your business, that's like your work product. And 100%. so you you just can't take it from one person to 10 to 50 to 100 mm-hmm. if you don't have something documented, right? Because right. you, can't, te- you can't, can't teach every single person. One person can't teach every single person and one person can't do all the work. So, you know, it's, it's just necessary. Yeah. You know, um, I, you know, moving on from, from human resources, I, I know that there's a lot more to talk about that in HR and, and, and I would like to spend more time discussing it about training, onboarding people. And we will get another opportunity, I'm sure, sooner or later. Um, moving on to a bit about choosing customers and clients. I know it's a big jump, but it was one of the questions that I was eager to ask you right at the beginning, but I waited till now. Uh, I know you guys uh, in some way are very focused on a you know, on a given niche or a vertical, or even on maybe on a type of customer, maybe they sell different products, but there's a type, there's something to think in that niche that you like, that you know that you can deliver. Do you believe it's very, or, or you know, a very crucial step of, you might say, of the, of the, of the PPC agency's journey, life, you might say life, lifetime, uh, to choosing that niche so they can mature and develop in a field to deliver uh, you know, the results that they need to deliver uh, to dominate and, you know, and really provide those results that people expect. Because there's a, there's a saying in Spanish, but I don't know if it's the same in English, but it says like, if you try and do everything, <laughs> you're going to end up doing nothing, right? <laughs> um, but if you can you know, narrow down on a field, I and mean, we see it in some of the agencies that, that work with ClickGuard, that you get some very strong in e-commerce, some very strong with law firms, some very strong with SaaS. And you know, they're really owning that segment. How, how important do you feel that is for PPC agencies? And how does that really apply today to digital, uh, digital position? I think, I think in the beginning, it's vital. Like to get, to get an agency off the ground and really scaling in the beginning, it's trying to do a bunch of things is going to be practically impossible. I, I know that because I tried to do it, <laughs> failed at it miserably, and then narrowed my own services down to PPC and SEO or paid search and SEO, search marketing. And what it comes down to is like the creating a process is so much more than just, uh, again, like that tactic and, you know, uh, a best, the best account structure or even documenting like your account structure and your performance management is one thing, but now do you have prop processes to identify the best, like hiring, right? Like talent, your invoicing, is it built into your invoicing? Is it for us to provide a new service? We now have to tie into the APIs of different tools to pull them in data pulse and merge those reports together and, you know, and you need training material and like, it, there's so much that uh, you have to have in place to, to perform one service and then the market changes and you got to iterate on that process. And if you have five different services and the markets are changing in each one of them all the time, you're just going to be, yeah. you're going to be so far behind in your process so quickly, you know? So for a good example is like on the on our SEO side, it's like, we have like, uh, different packages and tiers. We know exactly how much resources need to be allocated for each service or each package, or each tier of client. We have like a list of research documents that we do. We do like a research document every month. We have templates for it, the email template that we're going to send out. Like it's so well fleshed out. This whole thing, the whole model is so fleshed out down to the point where it's like, 
I know exactly when to hire the next employee. I know exactly when, you know, uh, the profitability, where it is, where it's going to be, you know, all the different impacts of, of gaining and losing clients. You know, it's it's so fleshed out that it's refined. But if I were to get into like email marketing, I'd be like, whole thing changes. Yeah, just like I wouldn't even know where to, where to almost start. Like I I could create a Mailchimp account and you know, create some automations and think that I'm an email marketer, right? But I'm really not. I'm not studying the heat maps every day. I'm not studying the open rates. I'm not, you know, like there's so much more that goes into like being an expert in that. That's one service yeah. that you, so you, basically what it comes down to is like, if you don't specialize, you'll just be providing a C-level service everywhere. And then, you know, it's, you'll fail. It's yeah. going to be difficult. What what about about choosing an industry? You know, I know this is a bit of a difficult question, but um, you know, if you guys service a range of industries, right? Or is it just one specific, you know, two, one or two specific industries? Yeah, in 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 hindsight, I I would have what we're trying to focus more on now is Shopify clients because we work so well with the Shopify platform. Our developers are fluent in Liquid Code, for example. You know, I, we've always focused on active and healthy lifestyle brands small, medium size, aggressively growing e-commerce. We have some other clients outside of that. And that's what every agency deals with is the temptation of, well, if we service this account, we can, right? And so I would almost say that like, yes, we are, we are serving multiple industries, but probably 80% of our core clients are all within like active and healthy lifestyle e-commerce brands. And so we'd like that to be 100%. Wow, wow. Yeah, I'm. I've, I mean, I, I see it the like the whole time. Um, this, you know, the, the the PPC agencies that are really focusing on an on an avatar, you know, an industry and market, they they really dominate it. As you said, like they they start to align their resources to facilitate very very quick response. You know, everything is down to the to the performance for that industry. For example, is, you know, I know you referred to it before, like your developers. Is it in? Is it Liquid? Did you say Liquid? The 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 the, the language. Yeah, the language for Shopify. Yeah. yeah, so like that, you've already got that all taught, taught up, so everything else can you know can can roll in. So there's no blockages. That's great. That's great. I think that's a great uh, advice for anybody starting out, or even in the process of growing. You know, figure out what industry you work well in, and 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 really engineer your team to to, to for that industry. Um, yeah, think about think mm-hmm. about what the client's perspective is too. Right when they're trying to land or they're trying to pick a agency. If if I'm uh, if I'm doing a uh, PPC for dentists, let's say, and I go on two websites and I'm like, this is just, we're really good at PPC. And then the other website is we do PPC for dentists. Yeah. We, you know, we've scaled hundreds of dentists. We know dentistry or whatever, Yeah, yeah. you know, like who are you going to pick? Of course, it's going to be easier to land business. You know, if you, the more focused you are. Yeah. And, and, and I've just, you, you spoke a little bit before about your talent um, where, when it comes to, you know, the developers and having the, those resources, when you, you know, when you go about the process of, of, of hiring, of, you know, hiring the actual, the talent, do you find that coaching and training them and fitting them somewhere in the puzzle is, is, is kind of a headache or do you already have it? I mean, now that you've gone through, you might say you're, you know, you've got your process in place. you your agency is very organized. As you said, you've got everything fleshed out it's probably a lot more streamlined, but at the beginning, maybe a couple of years back, if you can rewind, was training, coaching, and really getting them into the right, you might say the right area in the field or getting them in the puzzle. Was that, was that quite difficult? Yeah. It's, <laughs> there's, there's parts I love about it and parts I don't, I don't love about it. 
Uh, the, the part I don't love about it is sometimes feeling like I'm a therapist some days, right? It's just like with, I have 20, 23 or 24 full-time employees now. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, you know, feel like I'm a therapist, but the, the part I love about it is just identifying strengths, weaknesses, like the psychology of different people. And it really is a puzzle, right? Like you are trying to find people that all fit the brand vision, but you can't have like 10, like strong personalities or they'll all be button heads. You can't have like 10 people who just like want to be told what exactly what to do or else nobody will get anything done without you. And so you need this like mixture of personalities and people and they all need each other to grow, to accomplish what they want to accomplish. So it's, it's kind of this interesting thing that we, you know, that I've always sort of struggled with and try to improve upon, but, you know, in terms of like interviewing, you know, I, I try to like get any candidate to talk about like what they've actually done. Cause I, I just remember in college, you know, any group project, it's like, there's five people on the project, but really two of the people did the work, right? <laughs> it's, it's like, so you're trying to find if somebody, the people who did the work can talk fluently about it. They're confident about it. They can get into the nitty gritty with you. And the people who didn't will just talk in broad, you know, paint broad brushes yeah. and whatnot. And so, you know, we obviously try to focus on, I think I've talked to you about it, focusing on athletes, people who are self-motivated and things like that, but you know, good moral base, but uh, it's, it's definitely not an easy thing. And I would say that like the last thing is one of the things that I try to do is try to make people really comfortable and really uncomfortable in their interviews. And how would you the, do that? How, how would you make them comfortable and how would you, and without giving away any secret sauce before you go and hire your next, uh, your next yeah. days, but just, just well, share like an, an example. Let's just say you're interviewing me, like give me an idea of a question you might, you might be asking. Yeah. So, so I think with, with, um, whenever you interview anybody, you're meeting like the representative. I like to say, it's not like they're actual, you're not really meeting them. No. So you have to try to, you have to try to cut through that. So a good example of when I've made somebody super comfortable is I was sort of trying to gauge somebody's moral base. It seemed like they were a little bit dodging their, their previous employment, why they were leaving. And I had mentioned like, I, oh, you know, like they probably sucked, huh? Like, you know, they tried to, tried to just like get them to like open up. About By their defenses it. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then it was like, oh, they realized this guy's cool to talk to about my previous employer. But then they went on like a 10 minute tyrant about how much they hated working for their previous employer. And I was like, okay, they're just like straight bashing their employer. So I made them super comfortable to talk to me. That opened them up to get their true thoughts about why they were leaving and just how emotional they acted and sort of immorally by bashing their previous employer and didn't end up hiring them. And then so that would be a way that I've like tried to make people comfortable to kind of get them to open up. And then on the uncomfortable side is, is uh, I try to think of like a funny, there's one funny story that made somebody super uncomfortable, but it was, but it was great. Go tell um, me, tell me. <laughs> we had a, we had a, a person who was um, interviewing with us who we were kind of on the fence about and uh, they had mentioned that they sing. And so, so, so I asked, actually my business partner on, on the call asked straight up, can you sing for us so we can hear you sing? And it was like super uncomfortable moment, right? But it made that person think on their toes. And they said, the reply was, well, if you hire me, then, you know, then I will sing. Uh, and I like so that. I just thought it was a great, witty, smart response that showed that like they can think on their toes. Dynamic, right? yeah. Yeah, so it was a... Uh, 
it was a really uncomfortable question to ask, but you know, it kind of like, if you're on the fence, you've got to kind of be okay asking like just uncomfortable, maybe uncomfortable things uh, to see how they react in different situations. Cause they can't, their representative hasn't been taught to deal with that situation. Right? Exactly. Like, it has to be raw them being like, Oh crap, what do I say? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never actually uh, thought about that, that, you know, their representative, I guess from all of the uh, interviews that you've been through and in our last session, um, but which by the way, guys, we will be linking down here, down below somewhere. Uh, you talked about always having a, like a stream of people that you're just interviewing continually. Like you're not like saying, you know, I'm looking for a given position. Okay. But you've, always got some candidate somewhere in the process um and i i really latched onto that and now that you've shared you know this insight into hey like there is like a representative and then you get past that and then you meet the real person mm -hmm. yeah i think in the it might have been the last one i said it where like you, you never want to buy a car when you need a car right, right. like because then so you make bad decisions that, yeah that salesman is just going to get you right? <laughs> <laughs> so so it's like you always be hiring and always be conducting those interviews. And if you ever don't feel hundred percent sure about pulling that trigger, you know, either try to make them super comfortable to see if they'll open up or super uncomfortable to see if they'll open up. Yeah. And you know, either way you got to kind of be sure about those decisions you make. A hundred percent. That's interesting. You know, we, I, I remember when uh, a couple of, couple of years ago, I was, I was in an interview with a, with a company from San Francisco remotely, of course. And uh, they asked me, <clears throat> what was the one thing I'd done? in the past six months uh, that I was really, really ashamed of. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn, what am I going to say, right? Uh, and I think I, 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 think I, you know, I said something really random. I think I bought a really expensive bottle of wine. I just thought after, just like, you know, what was the point? But it was a good question because it really, it really as you said, it, the, the representative can't think on his, on his toes. So I thought it was actually a, a really smart way, um, similar to what you were saying before, um, about getting them to open up either way, you know, seeing who they are, seeing where they fit in your puzzle. And, uh, and what positions do you like regularly, you know, you're regularly hiring for? Like, is it, is it more in paid media or is it in content or is it just really, you know, same proportions in the different areas? I would say most of our hiring is looking for PPC account leads, like someone who can kind of manage a, book of 10 to 12 accounts, mm -hmm. scale them. So PPC specialists basically, and uh, almost the same type of thing on the SEO side. Cause those are like the two biggest needs is like experts in those two sides that can manage a book of business. You know, we have developers and, you know, a designer, and then we have managers and directors and whatnot, but you know, it's like the, the bulk of each team is sort of specialists, right? Like, uh, right. And, and you're trying to, it's, it's sort of difficult to find uh, really good specialists that uh, have the expertise, but don't cost quarter million dollars <laughs> yeah. to bring onto your team. So it's mm -hmm. like a, it's a, it's a tough industry to hire for. Yeah. And I guess, uh, you know, retaining the talent as well after is going to come down to the culture and, you know, how they feel working with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's where you have to figure out what motivates each employee, right? Like certain people, are motivated by the freedom we give them, like the flexible work weeks and that, yeah, that kind of stuff. But some other people are motivated by just want to grow their salaries as fast as possible, right? So it's like a, you try to kind of figure out what motivates each person and, and you have to find people that, you know, are in the specialist's role that are one or two years in, but have the right personalities 
to really flourish in that role. Awesome, awesome. And uh, I had one more, one more question on the books that we just also wanted to want to ask you before you before you before we finish. When it comes to winning customers, uh, Roger, do you find that a lot of your a uh, lot most there's like a disproportionate amount of leads that come from word of mouth and recommendation, or are you actually still qualifying good leads through your website or through your social media or through you know affiliates or networking? We probably get like 20 or so leads a month through our website, but our best clients, our best fits either come from referrals or connecting with other agencies that do uh, things that we don't like a analytics agency or web developers or whatever. And those, uh, you know, it's, it's one thing to say you're great, but if somebody else says you're great, man, it's so much easier to land that business. Oh, hundred percent. So, yeah, I think it's, that's a kind of, being in a niche allows you to connect with other contractors that do things that you don't, which then is a wonderful vehicle for growth and passive income if you get a commission by sending business oh, their way. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. Awesome. Awesome. Good. Uh, anything else you want to share with with everyone, Roger? We super appreciate you being transparent and sharing your your experiences. It was fun. Yeah. No, that was great. I don't. I don't think I have. Uh... No, we should add, but maybe we'll do another. Another. Yeah, I, I must say, I, I, I'm intrigued. I want to talk more about interviews. <laughs> yeah, there's I want a to lot hear some, yeah. some more stories. Okay, thank you, thank you, everybody. And uh, if you are on YouTube, remember to subscribe. Go check out Digital Position as well. And uh, if you are on uh, on LinkedIn, anywhere else, just do hit, hit us a, a like. We appreciate everyone's engagement. Thank you, and have a great afternoon. Thank you so much for tuning in to Beyond PPC. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to hear and support the podcast, please go ahead and share it with others. You can also hit us up on social media. We'd love to hear from you. To catch all the latest from ClickGuard, you can follow us on Instagram or YouTube. I'm looking forward to the next episode, everyone, and let's make every click count.